0: This is exactly right. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get
1: $200 back in bonus bets if you win.
0: Ooh-hoo, we're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more. Only on FanDuel. New customers bet five dollars get two hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest. that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's 1943
2: in the kingdom of Bulgaria. As the Second World War rages, King Boris dies suddenly. And every nation is a suspect. The Butterfly King premieres March the 21st on Exactly Right. It's a cruel tale of a doomed royal dynasty. Somewhere, the truth is out there. Listen to The Butterfly King on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Of the Law & Order franchises, SVU is considered especially watchable.
1: We are the amateur detectives who kind of investigate the vicious felonies these episodes are
2: based on. These are our stories. Dun done. Hello. Welcome to That's Messed Up and SVU Pod. My name is Kara Clank. I'm Lisa Traeger. We talk SVU crime interview. That's
1: it. I shortened it. I'm tired. <laughs>
2: We got to get through these intros because our episodes are getting longer and longer, but you guys say you don't care, but so that's good. Whatever.
1: Well, it's also only about TV. Like I need to get out more. I don't have any social life. <laughs> I'm just like committed to television. Um, No, I do have something to say. I had never seen Runaway Bride, I realized, or maybe I did as a kid and didn't really remember, but I watched it. Maloney is in it. Maloney yeah. has a big sexy yeah, part yeah, yeah. in it. A fool, of course. Um... But I liked it. It was bad, you know, but they probably gave her twenty mil. Um, yeah, do you have any thoughts?
0: I saw
2: it. I don't have any you know i don't I don't care i'll I'll probably never watch it again, but I didn't have a problem with it. You know what I mean, yeah. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. But I was thrilled to see Maloney, um, you know, lighter, funnier, not yeah. Uh, punching. So yeah, he is exciting. very
2: funny. He is very funny.
1: Uh, it's just so hard to live all of our lives not meeting Maloney and Marishka. You know? know, it's like not fair.
2: <laughs> but one degree of separation. Not yes. bad. Not We're bad. almost there. We are truly getting close. <laughs> um, a couple things I wanted to talk about. One. Uh, little baby Noah, who we all know is not my fave. Uh, he won you over. He 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 won me over a little bit. I still think you can. Uh, listen, he came out on this past week's episode as bi. Love that. Love that storyline. Love that for him. I think you can still be bi and annoying. I know, <laughs> but I think
1: you are forgetting that he had a very tumultuous couple years of his first life. Yes. And taking that all into account, he's a good kid. Yeah. No. I I like little Noah. He just, you know, it's like I don't i like The writers are just committed to ruining Benson's life and Noah is a big <laughs> part of that. It's like he's got pneumonia, he's in the hospital. His dad's alive. The grandma's alive. This yeah. paperwork, the, the de- there's a bruise.
2: Yeah, there's a lot. There's a bruise. <laughs> There's a lot. But then seeing him in a dog cage, I didn't want that. I didn't want to see him in a dog cage. So that was a a lot of people
1: breaking episode.
2: Yeah, a lot of people were messaging me. And and the answer is yes, I have moved a little bit towards uh, the like column uh, with my feelings towards Noah. But also... Mariska Hargitay and her BFF Ali Wentworth went on Drew Barrymore's show I don't know last week this week I don't know at some point recently. I know it's giving me too many emotions and I can't watch it yet I'll watch it when I
1: can handle it
2: yeah well they if you didn't see it look just look it up on Twitter it's like everywhere and it's it's like they ask her like you know Drew Barrymore is like when are you and Maloney gonna get together this is tantric television like when's it gonna happen and she kind of like heavily hints that it is gonna happen yeah she's but like, she's a prank. Gangster. yeah what did she like, say i have to yeah, watch it but what did she say? She basically say? was like we're figuring out a way for them to come back together like she actually said she's been in love with him for so long she said that and i was like oh wow i don't i didn't know that it was ever admitted out loud that she was in love with him and uh you know, and she said, so we're figuring it out. We're trying to, you know, like trying to give him adequate time to grieve his widow. And it's like, whoa, are you just like waiting for the grief period to be over before they like bone? I don't know. I, you know, you guys know how we feel. I don't want it to happen. The ends, the Bensler endgame people online are truly dying for this to happen. But then, then what is, what I thought what, you were going to call after? them deranged.
1: I thought you were going to well, say the people I that was. want them together are deranged. I was going to say they're Because yeah, you waited for seven seconds. Yeah. No, it wasn't I was going to say it's a little
2: unhinged, in my opinion. He's also not good enough. He's yes.
1: not good enough for her. What are we talking about? He's jerked her around for decades. He's not grown. He's not taken accountability, he ghosted her for over a decade. What are we talking about? Yeah. We want our sergeant who is uh, we want that for her, that end game. He had, she had to wait for some woman to tragically die to get this guy. No, we want someone to come in who is old money but has a soul and does social work somewhere. I don't know. We want um someone that can be fully in love with her and not be put I just what are you guys you have to examine what you want in your lives if you think this is an okay relationship. This is a reflection of your flaws, honestly. That's what it is. Yeah. It's um it's wild. She deserves better. She deserves better. Why, you know what I mean? Can they and if this was five seven years ago, I'd be like, "Yeah, let's have him fuck at least." But yeah. now I'm like,
2: "Yeah, she's got a kid now. She's got like maybe you know, if she's they did mo- like Molly and fucked, but I don't think
1: <laughs> doing Molly." <laughs>
2: they're gonna go to lizzo they're gonna do molly and then they're gonna (laughs) casually hook up after i just think it adds it's gonna be even if they hook up even if they bone like and then then it's gonna be a weird are we what are we i don't want any of that i truly don't want a second of it but respect i guess to people that want that but not me
1: yeah i don't know um speaking of lizzo molly i like that you all write to me i have (laughs) backed down on gluten not great i'm not reading ingredients but you know i'm not eating uh So thanks for all of your advice.
2: Yeah. Everybody was very helpful with Lisa's. um, But I love that their spirit
1: was also like, we'll find a way for you to eat bread. Don't
2: worry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I appreciate that we have this sort of connection with everyone that listens. Um, I do want to, I think I have more things in my notes before we obviously have to get into yellow jackets, maybe a little drag race. Um, I saw death row was trending on Twitter. And of course my brain goes to, Oh, what, what's, what's happening. And it was actually that Eli Manning was wearing his present from Snoop Dogg, which was a gold necklace that said death row. And (laughs) you know, I was happy there wasn't death row drama, but I also was like, I can't believe it's about a necklace. Yeah. Was that worth saying? I don't even know. I don't I know. I didn't hear that. You Wait, I have it. to ask you a question. Of course you didn't hate it. I, of course you didn't hear it. It was trending on Twitter for like probably two seconds. I'm addicted <laughs> to my phone. I shouldn't be on my phone as much. But,
2: um, uh, I have to ask you a question, though. Have you ever been seeing a therapist and then stopped seeing them? Like, have you ever broken up with a therapist or ghosted a therapist? What's your vibe on that? I've been with my
1: one and only since the start. Got it. And um, that's
2: that I was with my first therapist for seven years. And then when I got married, I was like, I don't really have the money for this. But I like I, and I also felt like we had come to the end. So I just ghosted her. But then like a few years ago, I wrote her an email and said, I'm really sorry. I ghosted you. You helped me a lot. And we like had an email exchange. And then I had one in L.A. for like a year when I had Rosie and got drag race. I was like, I'm too busy. and And I just kind of ghosted. And it was not that big of a deal. I have one right now that I've been going to for like two months and I'm about to send her a text message telling her that. And, I, and I'm very stressed out about it. I don't know how to do it. You don't like her. It's not happening. Are you going to find you're going to find another one? You don't yeah. respect her. It's not about respect. Uh, she keeps fucking up the time. She keeps forgetting things about me that are pretty big that I've told her. Like uh, yeah. she told me like while we were talking about COVID anxiety, she told me she went to Disneyland for fun two days earlier. And was sitting in a room with me. It's just like a lot. Uh, There's just a lot of red flags. And I think that I just need to move on. And I just don't know how to do it. And I'm sure we have lots of therapists on here. I think you could say um, I can't prioritize therapy right now. By, yeah, I think I was. I'm just gonna say, who cares? We're like, never I, gonna
1: see this bitch again. Obviously, easier said than done. I but know it's it like, just makes
2: me nervous. I normally like I'm. I totally like you fire tell, a
1: babysitter. You'll fire I know, a babysitter.
2: But I've <laughs> I give people advice. I'm like, you just need to write them and tell them this. Like I give people advice to be conversational, but then I am really a pussy when it comes to being. Conversational. No, we're all
1: hypocrites. Um, yeah. The quicker we come to terms with it, the less. <laughs> The less upset we'll be. Um, No, I it's your money. It's your time. And it's a service that you need. And if they're not providing it, it's just like, I know. And I'm going to do it. I'm just like
2: nervous about it, but.
1: Yeah, but you can't ghost again because then that means you haven't grown at all as a human. So you have to at least not ghost again. Well, I, ha- I
2: mean, I have to, atle- I can't just like not show up. Like basically with other ones, I said, hey, I'll let you know when I want my next appointment to be and then just never got in touch. Like this one, I have to say something to be like, I won't be there on the next week, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it can't be a full ghost. No, it um, can't be a full ghost. No.
1: Um. Yeah, ghost, I've ghosted. It's like bad. Yeah, we're all hypocrites. It's just like being a person. <laughs> not really but (laughs) I do think about the good place Um, and is that it like there was a swap I I did watch Transylvania Hotel part 4 did anyone else (laughs) (laughs) what I don't know if you know this about me. I love the Hotel Transylvania line of movies. I love oh, it. Really? I've, seen, I've seen every single one. It's Selena it's,
2: Gomez, right?
1: Yeah. Um, but for you know, it's Steve Buscemi's in that. I think Adam Sandler is the main vampire dad. Like it's it's star studded. I like the spookiness. It's cute, it's sweet, monsters. I don't know. Oh, I really I love it. Show it
2: to Rosie. She's fucking obsessed with spooky shit. Yeah. She yeah, keeps yeah. making me watch, she keeps going, I want haunted Mickey, and like making me show her like yeah she love hotels in Transylvania. Shit. and now yeah. that i know
1: this about her i'll try to think of other spooky kids stuff that's cute did you ever sing in elementary school have you seen the ghost of john john long whi- white bones and the when
0: skin all so gone. Gone. <laughs>
2: yeah. yes. oh yes oh my god you're like that is a full yeah,
1: flashback i have not thought of yeah. that in forever we were singing fucking baby shit.
2: <laughs> but I loved the Mickey sing-alongs and like oh, the big yeah. jump. Boy. I, really... I used to I used to watch those with Allison Williams, the actress when I babysat for her. We did a yes. lot of Mickey sing along. And then, you know, she was Peter Pan. So I don't know. Did am I responsible for that? I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> It's so
1: weird. Like whenever I think about Allison Williams, I obviously think about girls. I think about get out. And then I do think about her dad being a liar and how that discussion went in the house. You know what I mean? (laughs) Do you ever think about that? Yeah. Cause I did hear scoop that he was someone saw him in a skybox at like a Knicks game with Tom Hanks getting wasted the night before the news came out. And so like, he knew it was going to come out. And I just wonder how you like to have to tell your kids, like I'm a big fat liar. Yeah. I'm a criminal.
2: I mean, he probably tells them what he told the world, which was like, oops, I conflated these stories, which is like so nuts because it's like you can't conflate a story that you went down in a Black Hawk Hawk chopper like that's just like you didn't, you know.
1: Yeah, it's the Rana 911 of it all, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. The red is easy. 9-11 of it all. Um, okay. Well, let's, we're, we we got to get started, but let's do a quick, um, I, uh, we obviously finished yellow jackets. We hadn't yeah, finished so last time. So let's just
1: give everyone a,
2: yeah. If you do not want to hear
1: anything about yellow jackets, you fast forward a little bit. You don't write us a message saying, I don't like that you talked about it. Okay. <laughs> I listen to Las Culturistas and sometimes they talk about shit I haven't seen and it happens and it's annoying, but you fast forward. Yeah. Um, it's taken over my life. It's hard not to talk about. Am I reading the New Yorker articles? Am I reading the variety, the vanity fairs? Am I on that? Like, I really, I think I have like three more weeks of full fandom in me because and you I got love it. a t-shirt. I did get a t-shirt. Um, I was so desperate, I guess on the internet that they, and I have a blue check mark. I think that does help, but <laughs> I got a message and they did send me a shirt and Melanie Linsky posted that her husband, jo- Jason Ritter. They didn't even know that they were married. He got a fan message like me, but he got a sweatshirt. So maybe they did know he was more important, but (laughs) I got a T-shirt. I love it. I don't know when... I'll wear it. It's I'm kind of waiting to bust it out, yes. um, but it's also undercover, which I like. It's, it doesn't say yellow jackets. It's like I'll the buy high that. School, right. It's the high school. So I kind of love that. Um, it's kind of like when breaking bad, it said po- Pollo Locos or whatever. What was the chicken sponge? Um, pollo monos I think. Yeah. Like yeah. now everyone knows about it, but I feel like I bought people that t-shirt back in the day. Yeah, yeah, like that yeah. was like, Oh, we love breaking bad. And I've made those comparisons and people are like, Oh, I don't know. Breaking bad's really good. And then the New Yorker compared it to Breaking Bad. And I was
2: like, I'm a like, fuck yes. We all know that you're a Pulitzer Prize winning podcaster as well. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you read articles in the Washington Post. (laughs) So I think people should trust you when you say it's the new Breaking Bad. I just I
1: do love doing our research and sometimes it is um, overwhelming and I feel like I'm in college, but it is like there's something I feel like I'm Sandra Bullock in the net. You know, I'm like, yeah. I got to find the scoop. And um, I like living in the fantasy. It's the only way to get through life when I live in a room.
2: And <laughs> some of you have written us being like, I'm sure your researcher does this. And I want you to know we do not have one. It is us. No, we do not us. have a researcher. I mean, Annalise, very helpfully, Googles questions last minute when we don't know what we're talking about. But that's about as researchy as we get. I don't and- think
1: I'd be able to retain information. Like I have to. There's just no way. There's yeah, just no you have way to that read would be it possible. Yourself
2: and yeah, like organize the information in order to like tell it the right way. In
1: terms of our brains, yeah. in terms of yeah. what we want to do. And we want to put our we're not journalists. We get it's like I want to know how I feel about this thing.
2: Yeah, I guess it would be cool if someone would just send me a bunch of links to all the credible shit. That would be good because sometimes I'm reading shit and I'm like, is this website even real? You got to like assess, you, you know, it's
1: real, Kara. You've we grew up in the time of bibliography. I'm so glad we missed. <laughs> I'm grateful to the gods that we were before full technology education. I feel blessed to be the last kind of
2: generation that went through like a card catalog and like did all the microfiche oh yeah baby go to the library write on note cards fuck yeah note cards i i'm i am glad we
1: had that it makes me connected to older generations in some way or the old world yeah which brings us to 1996 oh and i got the spot (laughs) the playlist i got the yellow jackets playlist and it's uh I don't real, I didn't realize I'm not that audio gifted, so I don't realize it while I'm watching, but listening to the mix, I'm like, oh yeah, this music is amazing. Yeah. Who made it's it? You, you just found one on Spotify. Uh, well, I, I don't have Spotify. I'm a fucking dork and I have Apple music and oh, okay. um, changing or helping my life be any more easy is not something I do for myself. So <laughs> I'm sticking to Apple music, but I found one on Apple music. Got so, it. Um, I just typed in yellow jackets. Nice. Which I'm typing in constantly.
2: Well, we've already told you guys we're obsessed. We've already told you how to get Showtime or Amazon trials for free. So watch Yellow Jackets because we're going to probably keep talking about it. So
1: these are my big questions after the finale. Um, Yes. Is Misty or Thaisa in the cult? That is um, that's what I'm focused on. Is Thaisa in a fugue state? Is it morphing? Has she always been in the evil arts? Was Misty never is their whole point to keep it in. And that's the whole reason Misty had to kick, you know. Cigarette, the journalist, or is she always a killer? Will she kill anyone? That's a setup that's always been used. But is she in the cult? Is important. That's like uh, my big thing is Adam in the cult. It's all what leads for me. It all leads to who's in the cult.
2: I feel as though Misty's not in the cult. That's just like a feeling I have. Like, cause she, no one likes that crazy bitch. <laughs> well, she
1: <laughs> like she doesn't. Oh, see... and I want everyone to know. Kara took the quiz and is like, I can't believe I'm Misty, and it's like. Yeah. (laughs) You're (laughs) misty.
2: And then she wrote, I learned that at camp. And I was like, oh, wait, okay, you got me. You got me. (laughs) I do say that. And I and I do know how to do some of the shit Misty knows how to do from camp like I do. But I'm like, am I fucking unhinged and hard to be around? Like, No, Jesus. no, 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 no. no. The, all the quizzes
1: are in fun. You know, it's not cool to get Jackie. Yeah. But when I think of do I have survival skills?
2: No. And do I
1: sometimes stir the pot?
2: <laughs> i took it a second one on a different site and i got nat which is fucking nuts because i am not her at all
1: no but when you read the description the nat stuff also was like you can um you're capable. i think you would take the rifle yeah. but also you find out in our group chat how delusional everyone is like i we took one quiz on auto audio straddle auto, auto straddle. straddle yeah and um it was uh like what would you do if a crocodile came near you And multiple people said I would shoot it with a bow and arrow. And it's like,
2: yeah, sure. (laughs) Okay, I said run in a zigzag. And then our friend goes, that's not even true. And I'm like, well, that's what I've read on the Internet. So that's what I would do. (laughs) I picked run and hide,
1: bitch. Run and hide. I don't you know what I mean? If I saw an alligator... Uh, even in a cage, I would jump back. That's a fear. There's no way I would think twice. I mean, or I'd become, I wouldn't Lottie, you know, magic spell a bear to kneel down to me. That's not... (laughs)
2: my thing is running away to hide but it's running away to hide in a zigzag so i'm with you oh i would be terrified it's like it's
1: giving me chills i'm very scared of um prehistoric reptiles i would say even a komodo (laughs) dragon would get me um jumping i would not be happy to be close to one of those (laughs) i don't think i'd ever run into one but if there's an escape at the zoo um maybe um One thing i read that I liked was one of the showrunners in an interview. I think it was Variety. He said the Jackie moment. It's kind of this thing of like one mistake can haunt you for the rest of your life. And out in the woods, it's like a more dire situation where it's like this one snap. And it's and she hasn't been able to shed that moment from her life, not for one second. And has stayed in it. And it is dark and fucked.
2: Yeah um all right we should probably get started Being yeah we dark should. and fucked we have another great episode for you guys today you're gonna love it let's get going all
1: right we're gonna get into producers back end it's a season 16 episode 3 so you know, you know we're gonna get a little danny pino action so yeah that's this title also sounds
2: like a porn video
1: that was on purpose i'm sure
2: i'm sure the writer who
1: had to match the numbers to 16 and came up with something dirty and perfect like this felt proud of themselves they had a
2: drink after them were like congrats yeah (laughs) they were fucking
1: pumped um so it opens on a panning shot starting from the beautiful brooklyn bridge and like we hear two female voices fighting. Uh oh, car accident. Uh, two women, fun dresses. They're arguing next to their crashed cars. Um, and then Danny Pino's there, and you're like, why is he in the patrol car? If you don't remember, he shot an unarmed child, um, and yes. probably other stuff. Like yeah. putting his timeline of bad
2: behavior together is tough, but um, he had a lot of problems. It does feel like there's a couple times where he gets like fucked over, and then comes back, and then gets demoted, <laughs> and comes back. Yeah, like it's true. Yeah. And then they still act like IAB are assholes. And it's like, you did murder an unarmed
1: child. Uh, (laughs) Like IAB is being kind of fair this time. Yeah. But so, yeah, if you're like, why is he in uniform in a patrol car? This is his punishment. Um, And that is why he is there with some on the beat cop. Yeah. I mean, I used to have a classic joke. One of my favorites. I did say this to a cop when I got arrested. uh, But I said, if you were smart, you'd be a detective. And that's (laughs) how I feel. (laughs) you know um if you're good at the beat you should move up if you're yeah but we all know that yeah uh, one woman says to the other one you're on tv you're gonna pay up so that's exciting <laughs> um then you hear bitch so that's cool i don't know who said it um <laughs> danny asks the girl what her name is uh and she goes are you kidding me do you know who i am like that kind of vibe and it's tensley evans which is kind of amazing Sounds a
2: little bit like Tinsley Mortimer or Dinsdale, if you will. Yes.
1: <laughs> no, I think about Tinsley this whole time. And I love that they changed it to Tensley because it's even more not a real name. Yeah. Um, and now all the Tensleys are going to message, be like, why do you hate my name? Because it's tough <laughs> to type and say. Like, that's the thing. Because I said some shit about Mary Ellen and someone's like, whoa, that's my name. I'm like, yeah, writing, it's hard. If I had to say my Gilizavetta over and over, I'd be upset as well. Okay. <laughs> So she is a former teen movie star, current favorite celeb hot mess is what she says. So she's self-aware. She knows Mm. she's a mess. Um, The other woman starts falling and is not doing good and she falls over. But I think it's for the insurance money because she already said that bitch had to pay up. So I I don't know uh, because she was fully active. I don't know. She she was in the middle of a fight and then suddenly she's like, oh,
2: (laughs) gets woozy.
1: And you know what? I'm okay with that. All right. <laughs> Tensley does not like what's happening. So she drives off in her luxury SUV. Danny follows her dead end. Um, and I love that the streets are fully empty. Like not one other car is out in New York. Um, Danny is acting serious as hell. And she's like, come get me, baby. And she's all over Danny Pino, obviously. And she's like, I know I've been bad, but I could be good. And Danny is like, I'm not having it. And she threatens to call his supervisor because she like, Likes threesomes too, and she'll do him too. So they're trying to let us know she might be a little skanky. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. She will have a threesome with the police and a sergeant. Okay. <laughs> would we like to see that though? Maybe Olivia's the sergeant.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe on an, yeah. I'm sure plenty of our listeners would love to see that.
1: Well, yeah, because they've sent us some fan fiction
2: that they found. Yeah. I mean, that photoshopped, that photoshopped image of. Of Benson and Stabler as the people from the notebook. You guys have gone too far. I like, haven't seen that. I haven't seen it. <laughs> you know, where like they're kissing in the rain and like. I on the know v- that, yes. but I don't. I it's have not the-
1: seen the doctor. I saw the notebook in the movie theaters three times.
2: Oh, I okay. love the notebook. Okay, I don't know why I'm explaining the image to you. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that it was that serious with you in the notebook, but. It was so romantic. I was like 15, you know? Like, how do you not get swept away oh my by God. the notebook? I have only seen three quarters of the notebook on a plane. I don't even even know how it ends but i think i do obviously because i've seen like enough but you
1: yeah it's it, it re- i read the book which was terrible he like compared nipples to tiny pebbles and i was like you're not a good writer <laughs> those tiny little rocks pointing at me um <laughs> he puts cuffs on her she's into it and then we cut to hoda yes the hoda it's really hoda Hoda Kotb, baby. And in this show, she has her own show called Hoda. No other bitch (laughs) needs to sit next to her on SVU. The fact that she was driving an SUV and now I have to say SVU. This is really hard for me. So she's talking about Tensley and the arrest, and they play the videos of her with her attorney Marvin Exley hitting the court steps. Um, She's still in her maroon dress with peekaboo sleeves and knee high boots, and she is arrested for another DUI. And I love when they watch TV in the office, and we have Rollins and Carisi watching Hoda in the precinct, and Carisi is bothered by teen sex icons. Um, I love Rollins' white sweatshirt in the scene. I don't think I've ever complimented anything she's ever worn, but I really love this like Mm -hmm. structured set. You could tell it's that's what's tough. I bet that sweatshirt's at least two hundred and fifty dollars.
2: But I also find that Rollins has good outerwear. I usually love the coat she's wearing. She's got a lot of good coats, a lot of good like structured pea coats and like waist length jackets. And yeah. Yeah, she learned from her mother
1: how to dress mm. nice. <laughs> um, so Rollins mentions to uh, that Amaro picked up the case and Carisi throws some shade at him and Rollins, without skipping a beat, like, I like you better with your mustache and walks away and he like touches his face and he's so stressed out because he wants to bone Rollins and raise babies with her so badly. <laughs> but also, she must be trolling him. No one likes the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> The oh yeah, no, but if you if you like his mustache, you have more problems than Tensley Evans, that's what well we put a like poll up
2: of it, and plenty of people like that stash.
1: yeah, no, I'm talking directly at them. You are damaged. <laughs> <laughs> you had a weird science teacher, I know it. like you should not I don't know. i ugh, you know, teach yeah. their own, teach their own um. Yeah. And now we are in court and Tensley is so chill. She really doesn't care. Um, and Janice from the Sopranos is the judge. She's been a regular in these newer seasons. And um, I'm going to keep, call- I'm probably going to call her Janice, but it's, I think her name is like Felicia Fiona. She has like a fun name with an F I think. Um, and we meet Tensley's mom and she is Lainey from Sex and the City. If you remember, she's the pregnant one that stole Charlotte's baby name, Shayla. Yeah. And um, tries to like strip while she's pregnant and she's inside. Seinfeld as one of the girlfriends I think she's the one that eats the like the nuts at the table or the pits and then he eats them and is disgusted and she doesn't like
2: that he's disgusted by her I remember her from Seinfeld but I don't remember her episode
1: let me know if I'm right or not but she's one of the girls one of the two (laughs) hot girls for him um and her name is Dana Wheeler Nicholson so Pretty exciting, star studded and lawyer is like, let her go back to rehab. If she wasn't famous, we wouldn't be here, your honor. And we find out it's her fourth time in Janice's courtroom. So what the fuck? And then the mom's out of line. She stands up. She yells, she's hollering. And then. A bombshell happens. The lawyer and Tensley basically say that Amaro said he would let her go if she fucked him in the backseat and that he was propositioning her for sex. Like Amaro needs any more problems. And we cut to the credits because we know the truth. We're not, you know what I mean? Yeah. We know the truth. We saw what happened. Yes. So we're back from the credits, and we see Benson spying on Carisi and Rollins in a conference room with the teen girl uh, and the mother, and they're discussing the allegations she threw out. Amara walks in and gives Benson a statement, and Benson already watched the dash cam footage and is like, you were by the book, honey. Like, do not be worried. You are fine, but... Of course, Amaro is a little worried. He's been through it. He's a mess. So she assures him, you're coming back here. Do not worry. Cut back to the conference um, area. Mama Lohan is like, she needs help. (laughs) And to go to rehab and Carisi's like, well, she was there and it didn't really seem to help now, did it? And then they say that she's lying and she goes, why does everyone just assume I'm lying? And she's just like a really good actress. I'm really obsessed. Um, And you could tell she's having a lot of fun in this role. Her name is Stevie Lynn Jones and the girl's booked and blessed and we stand and I am obsessed. And they're like, "Um, hey, baby girl, have you heard of dash cam footage? And her face changes and she knows.
2: (laughs) She's like, oops.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh Oh, Uh, Marvin is quick to say, listen, she's under a lot of stress. Maybe she just interpreted things wildly and the mom starts squawking again. And Marvin's like, shut your fucking mouth. Tensley says she doesn't feel good and starts breathing heavy. And it's very much... um, like in a very DD Dee Dee Blanchard fashion, she's like, take the Xanax. Do you want the Xanax? I'll give you anything. <laughs> and Tensley actually goes, no, I'm just lightheaded. Go get me a power bar. Are those still in business? I've not oh, seen a power I have bar. I've not seen a power bar in a no. lot. Long- and I'm in that aisle. I'll grab a quest, a kind. I- like I am not. I used to
2: love the cookies and cream power. I was addicted to power bars. Uh, really? Yeah. I used to love power. bars. I mean, oh, I, you know, didn't, I never liked them, but I, they were the bar. I mean, now like cliff, we've got a million. Oh, Annalise is telling us that they are still
1: around. I wonder if I'd still like it or if the technology of bars has gotten so good that maybe Mm. I wouldn't. But like I was buying fistfuls of fucking power bars. Poor technology has come so far. (laughs) But you know it's not Xanax. It's not a power bar. It's not anything. They're trying to get this mother out of the room. She is annoying everybody. Rollins brings up like you left rehab without telling anyone. You broke your probation. So what's up? Like what don't you understand that's happening? And then she said then accuses psych director of the facility, Jim Durant, of abusing her. And she says a cryptic message about, you know, I should have known how all men are done done. I don't believe her. She's lying. I don't, I don't know, but we'll see. Obviously, it's SVU. We'll we'll get to the bottom of it. Rollins walks into Benson's office as she's getting off the phone with Barbara, and the judge has let Tinsley go into her mother's custody. And Rollins doesn't like that at all, but they have to look into these rehab, um, allegations. Oh, Rollins is like, um, she's a liar. I don't like her. And Benson goes, I think you're taking this a little personally. And now it just clicked. I wonder if she thinks this is like her sister vibes,
2: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like a like a histrionic, like somebody who like lies and makes it all about her drama. Yeah. Very interesting.
1: Yeah. I didn't even write that. That I just clicked for me like maybe why it's triggering and she's taking it so personally mm-hmm. and not wanting to like help this obviously
2: damaged yeah. person. No, that's a great um, observation.
1: And she does not want to work with Carisi at all and is wondering when Nick is coming back. And Benson does not have the answer she wants. But also Nick shot an unarmed pert. Like, why? I don't understand
2: <laughs> this amnesia of like, I got to get Nick back. What? She's literally like people like my dad that are like, when does Louis get to come back? When does Louis CK get to come back to comedy? <laughs> like this is like two weeks after he's done. It's like, when does he get to come back?
1: He never went away. No, he took uh, like
2: when you're selling out
1: Madison Square Garden, it's like, what do you want from us? Uh, Benson does tell her, listen, you got to show Carisi the ropes. And Amanda compares that to her mom making her mop the house as a kid. Ouch. Like if hanging out with me and teaching me was compared to mopping, I would I would think about my personality a little bit. Cut to eternal affairs where Benson wants to talk to Tucker and Tucker's just a dick for no reason. Like always, she shows him the dash cam footage to be like, let Nick back in. And he's uh, he did nothing wrong. What are you going to do about it? And nothing happens. And Benson leaves, whatever. We're at rehab. Honestly, it's like Tucker needed hours to get SAG health insurance or something. This scene is <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> He like asked for a favor. He's like, I just need three more hours yeah, just to keep me, my insurance. Me, I, need, I need
2: five lines. That's all I need.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Over under. Um, <laughs> so now we're in rehab, honey, and it looks like it's filmed in Central Park. It's gorgeous. Like, this is not a state run facility. This is very, very nice. Um, the doctor had guy. His real name is Dennis Butsakaris. I don't know. Uh. He's working, though. He has 119 credits. He's in two other SVU episodes. Shadow with Sarah Paulson and Single Life from 1999. So like a fucking season one guy. Um, Seven Mm. episodes of The Mothership, Criminal Intent. He's done every single crime show even the ones you don't know you know the one where the ads were like a girl and she had tattoos all over her body to remember things like
2: yeah yeah it was like memento the tv show blind spot yeah like yeah
1: like he's in truly every single crime show ever he kind of gives me jeremy irons vibes Mm. um so this guy tells carisi and ron's like she didn't escape it's a volunteer rehab center this isn't a jail or prison like we're not going to hold you against her. Mm -hmm. um Uh, against your will so why did she leave so suddenly we have to know and basically he said like they bring up the accusations he's like oh I believe those accusations for sure women who have been sexualized from an early age could conflate these experiences and project onto others and she tried coming on to him which she saw was good progress in her treatment Carisi does not like this Um, because but for him he's like it means a transference which means that um, it is a core issue of I I actually I've lost I don't know he's saying either i'm on carisi's side i've lost it (laughs) carisi hates him he's acting sassy as hell and so rollins is like go walk over there so he (laughs) carisi takes five he says he acted professionally and there are cameras everywhere and he offers to like look at all the footage he knows it'll exonerate him but we do get some scoop that she had an encounter with her roommate's son a 15 year old boy that's a problem. Um, basically, they told the boy's mother and she didn't want to pursue anything. Cut to Amaro playing with baby Noah. And it's super, super cute. Again, and then, baby Noah all day long. I love baby chubs, Noah. So cute. Yeah. Um, and then Benson throws Noah to Lucy and says, get back to work and bathe this baby. <laughs> <laughs> um. It, but I do. Uh, seeing uh, Amaro in a uniform does make me upset. It's not. It doesn't feel good. Mm. Um, And then Benson gives him good news and says, put your suit back on, baby. You're going back to work. So that's exciting. Mid
2: case. -case. (laughs) So realistic.
1: (laughs) And they discuss how Tensley gave a BJ to a 15 year old in a janitor's closet. And Amaro is straight back to work with the panty police with Carisi. (laughs) He's like, and then, so, but when he's like matched up with Carisi, um, Amaro goes, I heard he's a real empath. And Benson goes, and where did you hear that from? Clearly, you know, Amanda's talking shit. But to me, it's like, isn't that good for sex crimes? Like, I don't understand. It's like we hate an empath and we hate someone that always blames the victim. Like, what right. is happening? <laughs> Like, I just don't know how that's uh, now it's an overused word. So now if someone says empath, you know, they're, they're, they're like a psychopath and not to be trusted. Yeah,
2: it's almost like, yeah, it's like gone over its tipping point And now I feel like it's um, a, a parody word. Like when you tell me you're an empath, I'm like, oh, that's like, I know exactly who you are now.
1: yeah and you're a narcissist (laughs) you know you're gonna you're gonna ruin everything um yeah I think empath is real but now it's lost its meaning like anyone say all the all real term not all but a lot of words have lost their meaning Mm. like in terms of like um all the mental health stuff like I'm depressed oh I have ADD or Mm -hmm. I'm OCD like none of those are They're used so flippantly now.
2: Yeah. No, which probably bothers people that really suffer.
1: Yeah. It's like when people were bringing weird animals on a flight and it was like, no, but I need the I need my I need the service dog. (laughs) Stop bringing peacocks on a Southwest flight. (laughs) And then Benson lies, I think, and says, I think working with you will only make him better. And it's like, what? He just got back from being suspended. What is happening? I it's just so confusing to me um so now we're um at the teen who got the BJ's house and he was visiting his mom and saw Tensley and said he was a really big fan and she asked him for weed and they got stoned together and she wanted to thank him for the weed naturally and pulled him into the supply closet and gave and got oral and I love I think oral needs to come back empath out oral in In. And the dad is like, why didn't you tell me this? And the kid and it's like, what kid is going to come home and be like, I just got a blowjob. Like, that's not what you share with your parents. (laughs) Dad, guess what? I got my dick sucked (laughs) in a closet. Well, I was supposed to be rehab. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: Sounds like this kid has a lot going on. Why don't you like lay off that he didn't tell you about his BJ? <laughs>
1: uh, the dad says you're in big trouble. And the cop men are like, no, he's not. She is. And the dad goes, wait, for what? <laughs> it's like, well, why would he be in trouble? If she's not in trouble. <laughs> uh, but he's denying he's a victim. He's like, this is the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me. Um, and so cut to Rollins and Benson in there with brunette Lindsay Lohan and Dina Lohan vibes. We're back, baby. And she's like, I was just trying to be nice. Um, and they're like, but it's against the law. And the mom is even into it. She's like, he's going to be the most popular guy in school. And the detectives are like, he's 15. And Tens like, what the fuck? People that are 15 do way more than that. Um, they have sex with teachers, parents, friends. OK, red flag, red flag, red
2: flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: She says he wasn't drugged or forced. So what's the issue? Again, why are the detectives not picking up on any of this? Like you've been in this for a while. But it's against the law no matter what you think. And they're arresting her ass. And her ponytail is like casual and perfect. And I want her ponytail so fucking bad. It's like, I bet they're extension, they're extensions, I'm sure. But like, I really liked her loose, long ponytail. Um <laughs> And the judge is not happy to see her again. Um, I wonder, I also wonder if you always get the same judge, like all the time. Like once you're in the system, you just always get your judge or only because it's the same yeah, case. Yeah,
2: it's I don't know. That's a good question. Like I know in like when I go to court with like the foster kid that I work with, she's always going to the same judge. But like that's just because those are check ins and that judge is supervising her. So I don't really know. I want I don't know.
1: No, I bet you're right. I I think it's a, I think you're right. Like if it's the same or like if it's check-ins i don't know yeah and she has a sassy line and she goes should we install a revolving door um and she goes he was bragging about it on facebook like what the fuck uh marvin says listen we need a psych eval and barbara says is this a stalling tactic and i love the judge she goes oh i didn't realize you were a psychologist um and we take mental illness very seriously in my courtroom yacht boy So we're going to do the evaluation and we're going to see what's up. But she is still on probation and one more and you're done.
2: Barbara is very smug. Like, I think that's kind of one of the reasons why I never like got Mm -hmm. all hot and bothered for him is he is he I love him, but he is very smug. So it is it is fun for me to once in a while see a judge like, you know, put him in his place a little bit. I like that. Yeah,
1: a hundred percent. Smug is for sure. Mm-hmm. I remember um, our good friend of the pod, maybe not, but uh, my friend. One time, I, t- I was like, uh, you're." I'm like, "You're just so smug," and he goes, "That's not a good thing." And I didn't realize I was insulting oh, him. Oh, you thought
2: you were complimenting him?
1: No, I thought I was being realistic. I go, "You're smug," but I didn't realize <laughs> it was like a huge insult. <laughs> you know what I mean? He. He was like, yeah, I, I don't like to hear that. That happened to me when I was younger too. I said my friend looked like Shrek and she was heartbroken and so upset. And I did not realize I was insulting her. And then everyone's like, he's an ogre.
2: But I thought like, I got her are a you, key. Jen Shaw? <laughs> That's like what one of the housewives just did. She tweeted that one of the other housewives looked like Shrek and then was like, I didn't think that was an insult or something like that. No, I got her a keychain of Shrek because I was like how fun
1: like i did not realize that because i think jen's probably being a bitch like i truly was being like you
2: truly thought it was like sort of complimentary or like wow the the resemblance is uncanny
1: yeah she just gave me shrek vibe i mean i i hope she i probably ruined her life for years i'm
2: having a really hard time figuring out where you were coming from
1: Like, I get it that his eyebrows were too thick, like her eyebrows were nicer. And like now I know she doesn't look like Shrek. But at the time, I thought I was being like, oh, my God, you look like this famous guy on Dream in this movie. You look like this famous guy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, let's move on. I can't. This is I'm like, there's tears in my eyes. Okay, so so um, we get the results
1: from the doctor, from the psychologist, and it's a blonde woman uh, who I think has been in other episodes. Um, But the results are amazing. I want to get this tattooed, printed everywhere. She understands the charges. She just doesn't agree with the law. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> uh, Barbara is not having it. And, you know, she's had enough second chances. She's done. And he walks away. But the doctor wants to talk to Olivia in private. And um, she can't, of course, spill any secrets. Pr- privilege, doctor, patient. But we bo- this is what she says. She goes, we both know how short the path from victim to victimizer. Like, if you don't see anything wrong with sex between adults and teenagers, something is wrong. Or you don't even see yeah. it as abnormal. You would want to know why, right? Olivia, Sergeant of SVU. Why? What <laughs> the fuck? Uh, but Benson got the message. So we're back in um, Olivia's office with Queen Tensley and her and her mom. And we're talking. Uh, she calls the blowjob boy a geek, which I love. Um, and then the mother, this is Kara's favorite line. She goes, she's never been abused if that's what you're in simulating. <laughs> and simulating I just
2: like what are you in simulating
1: <laughs> i know but i want to remember it so we could keep using it and yeah and then hopefully we'll <laughs> meet someone as smug as Barbara who tries to correct us uh the mom is making it about her of course she's like you're saying i'm a bad mother and it's like no one is talking about you just leave please leave please leave so she starts talking about taking her to auditions and making sure she met the right people and so they kick her out. They're like, we don't care what you think you did. Just go away. So the disclosure begins of everything. She starts by saying that she was not raped. She is not a victim. And it's part of the business. And I did what I did. And I had, and I had to do. So she would go to uh, she went to a producer's pool party, Adam Brubeck. Um, and he is an A-list movie producer. Um, and it was a casting party in East Hampton. And she got too drunk in a hot tub. So he took her into the bedroom, toweled her off and said if she wanted um a role in his next movie, she would do what he wanted. So they um, had some sexual moments. So she goes, I did. And then two more guys wanted to watch. And then they, she did them too. And we find out she was only like 13 or 14 when this happened, but they ask how old she is now. And that's to like, let us to, for us to insimulate that the statute <laughs> of limitations is gonna fuck with this case, um, how often did this happen? And she says she doesn't remember because she was drinking and drugging. But you know, open your legs to different guys, and the plan worked. You know, she got that role. She got bigger roles, and her mom was right. And her mom knew, but they never talked about it. But the mom put her on the pill a few months later, <sighs> and she's like, "Yeah." And I never complained about it. And then she goes, obla oh, oh, da. Now, is that just from the Beatles or was that a saying?
2: No, I think it's the Beatles because it's like um, life goes on, you know? Yeah.
1: So now what? Corkboard time. So it's the brainstorm session. (laughs) They got to figure out how to get this producer. Um, And Amaro and Barbara are not trusting and still think she's a liar. And they're like, hello, she's an actress. And Benson's like, we had to pull it out of her. Like, I'm telling you, I'm always right. Duh. And Benson adds like, Tensley doesn't even think she's been victimized okay like we need to do this and Barba is like well the blowjob boy's dad thinks that he's been victimized so I'm gonna go indict her and everyone's kind of annoyed with her and the limitation statute thing is gonna be a problem and Carisi goes why is that even a law and Barbara adds you can thank the church lobby for that and I take everything in the show as fact um I did not fact check it but I if this is true, that is fucked up that the church lobby created the statue of limitations. Damn, because my mom was saying something about the news and I go, Mom, when you read stuff like that, I want you to think about who it benefits before you come up with a conclusion. Mm-hmm. And that's what the statute of limitations. It's like, of course, the fucking church. Yeah. Fucking animals. Well,
2: it's weird in this case with Tensley. It's like because if she was 23, she could still press charges. But because she's 24, she can't. So I guess it's like, hold on, hold on. This just in. According to a recently released report, the Catholic Church spent more than $10 million on fighting statute of limitations reforms.
1: From April of 2021, that news. Wow, wow. I was about to say, wait, it is 2021. Wait, what's happening? But I because understand. Because their thing we're in is probably like,
2: their thing is probably like, you can't be 50 and 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 inventing something that happened when you were 10 and 40 years later. There's no evidence. It's he says, sh- she said. You're suing for m- like blah blah blah. You know, that's that's their side of it. But yeah, you know, yeah,
1: because it's like. Yeah, they're haunted by it. I'm sure it ruined their lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, am smart and says, listen, if he did it, he does it all the time and is probably doing it right now today. So let's just go find another case, guys. Like what? Why do you all hate me? I'm I am bringing good stuff to the crew and Barbara goes, oh, you want to go fishing? And it's like, shut up. Go deal with your case. We'll deal with ours. So Brubeck is in New York for this new movie called Junior Prom, and he is doing a casting event and we're at this pool party and the girls look really, really young, like, The casting is incredible here. They are so young. The men are so old. And it just looks uncomfortable. And they did an amazing job with the scene because it looks fucked up. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look okay. And so the cops arrive and this young douche lord comes in and goes, oh, my God, the NYPD. Love you guys. Did a ride along. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're going (laughs) to and so he tells them where adam is and they're in the cabana so they go to the cabana and carisi is fanboying over the teen boy actor as they walk over and he was like oh my god you just shoved him he's so famous and it's like you're a grown-up you need to please stop stop (laughs) don't you want them to hate you less (laughs) rollins goes you know let's go start checking ids of all of these girls and make sure everything's okay and then they go talk to Brewback and this man with an accent that like probably works for Brubeck in some way. Um, they right away are like nobody without a wristband gets served. Don't worry guys. Like we're all good here. And they go. Actually, we're here to talk about Tensley. And right away he's like, Oh, what did she do this time? If she thinks she has a job with us, that's no, she's done. We do not work with her anymore. And they cut her out after she turned up to set wasted. She was incorrigible, uninsurable. And they're like, we can't help you, but have some sushi on your way out. Thank you. And I want sushi. Okay.
2: Wait, can I just um, also point out that the guy who's playing Brubeck is, are you, were you going to talk about this? No, not
1: at all. No, I, go- okay. I actually I IMDb'd him and saw nothing of note.
2: Well, his name is Brian Darcy James. And I just know all of our Broadway freaks are going to bring it up because he's oh. in the original Hamilton cast, I believe. And he also is the dad in 13 Reasons Why. Oh, I did see that. Wait, but he was in Hamilton? I think he's like the king or somebody in Hamilton. No way. Look, he's somebody in Hamilton. Let me look it up.
1: Look it up because I saw the original cast and it was a young guy. It was like that. The Uh, golf guy golf was literally the
2: first thing when you put his name in is Brian Darcy, James Hamilton. So let me just. Oh, great. So what was he? Uh, He originated in Hamilton. King George, the third. Three time Tony nominee damn he originated sorry he originated it off broadway at the public so when it went to broadway it was someone else but he originated it when it was in i knew i didn't see him so yeah but he and then i think he actually came back to broadway and played that not with the original yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. okay so yeah
1: thank you for looking that up because um i love hamilton and i any chance i get to let everyone know that i saw it with the original cast is a gift for me (laughs) so thank you so much So anyways, I do want sushi. Um, And now I wonder if these abusers realize the damage they cause these girls or they're just like, oh, whatever, they're train wrecks and they separate their actions from these girls. Like, I wonder if these men know the trauma that they instill or they think it's totally unrelated. I'm just curious. Cause like um, William Lewis, he knew, he's like, oh, I've listened to the victim statements and I'm going to stay with you forever. You're never going to escape me. So like he was able to know the trauma he causes in people. Yeah, but but I
2: feel like in general, they're like, I don't care. They're just like, use you up and move on. You know, like you're not people to them probably. to To like a big director or like somebody like this, you know? I don't think he's intentionally like, Mm, I love to inflict trauma. I think he's just like. But does oh, he see I the get- connection? Oh, maybe I don't know. But I don't think he cares. He cares only about himself. Yeah.
1: Um. And then a super young girl comes out of the cabana. I don't know. I oh, she it. looks
2: real, real young. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <sighs> they grill him, deny, 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 and she's trouble. And her mom sucks. And everyone sucks. And she came to the party. She's wasted and what, like, and then Adam leaves the cabana to do notes on a script and. That seems unrealistic to suddenly do script notes at a pool party at a pool party. (laughs) Carisi comes back and lets him know, lets the other detectives know that there's been no underage drinking or drugs. And that's that. So they're back at work um, and Barba is in full suspenders, pattern tie, getting the scoop from the squad. And Barba makes a good point. Like, did you think he was going to admit to child rape at the pool? (laughs) (laughs) like of course you're nowhere in the case so Rollin then starts talking about all these other young actresses um that were ki- like child actors and their demise and how wild everything got because of this pedophile bastard and the list keeps going on and on and um nobody's ever filed a lawsuit though or press charges and Carisi goes well actually in LA I have an ex out there from the LAPD okay where did you meet how do you know her where did yeah. you date what are yeah. you talking about So the scoop is Amber Forbes was 15 and drowned at one of his pool parties and it was declared an accident. But there was booze and ecstasy in her blood. So they go to talk to an actor from the witness list and he's um, on set in the streets of New York in a priest outfit. And he said, you know, and he he was engaged to Tensley, but just for PR. Um, But he does care about her and they want to get information from him. But he is so dumb. Like, I don't even think he's hiding info. I think he's just truly an idiot. Um, We find out Tensley was like a big sister to Amber and she cried about the death for months and months and months. They go to visit Tensley and her and her mom in, like, a beautiful penthouse apartment or hotel. Like, it looks really, really fancy. Um, and the mom's just yelling about how she's so annoyed about, like, the case with the blowjobs. And everyone's like, that's not why we're here. Just shut your fucking mouth. Um, Stevie Lynn Jones looks gorgeous in this shot. But it is sad. And she's talking about sad things. But it, she's truly stunning. Um, and she's talking about Amber, um, you know, getting upset, riled up. She rushes to the bathroom. Um, and her sleeveless duster is, like, flee- behind her and Rollins throws some shade to the mom who's yelling about stuff and loving her daughter and they're like do you knew what happened at those parties like we don't like you mm. and then Benson goes I'm gonna go get her but the door is locked so Benson like shoulder hits it open poor girl slit her wrists and she's bleeding everywhere uh but the view from the bathroom is incredible you know with a view <laughs> like that why are you slitting your wrists girl <laughs> Um, so cut to Benson and Tinsley. They're in a fancy recovery uh, place and something that got through to her in group was someone said, like, your next bottom isn't on this earth. And she finally kind of understood she needs to make some changes and heal in her life to be um, to stay alive. Uh, Benson has her badge on her belt. So sexy. Um, never, never has a Navy pantsuit looked so good. Uh, Tinsley is in all white and she's ready to talk. So basically the story about the pool party is Amber, the, the 15 year old dead girl, Adam and her, they were high on ecstasy and ketamine splashing around. And he set down the house rules and he wanted them to take turns going down on him while he held their heads underwater. Like raping Shocking. young teen children's not enough. You have to make sure they're oh, also. Struggling. How does a blowjob
2: feel any different underwater? How does it feel any different underwater? You're getting your dick sucked. Like do it on dry land.
1: Yeah, I agree. I just don't know what it feels like oh. to get your dick sucked. But I don't know. It's upsetting. So she says that Amber was really scared. So Tensley did did it, but she started choking and went inside to like cough and feel better and tried so hard to take Amber with her. But Adam wouldn't let her. And she feels so guilty of leaving her and it just sucks. And she was 15 and new to this. And she just thinks it's her fault that her friend drowned and all of her behavior makes more and more sense. The more we get to know this, um, actress and to die on like an old man's dick in a pool. Horrible. Um, Lauren Vino used to have a funny joke where she goes, I don't like to give roadhead Cause what if we get into an accident? I will, I don't want to die with a dick in my mouth. <laughs> and yeah. I agree. So, yeah. So they bring um, the priest actor boy in for questioning with Amaro and Carisi. And they think he's hiding some information and like what is going on. And basically we find out that he was like hooking up with a man during this and he didn't want it to get out. So Carisi straight up was like, because you didn't want to come out, you were OK covering up a murderer and like letting a murderer go free. And he's like, no, I'm still scared to come out. My career is over. And they're like, Amber is dead. Tensley tried to kill herself like no one cares about your acting career, bro. And they're like, who is this other man? You better fucking tell us now. And it's the man with the accent from earlier. Um, and he's a lawyer. So they go to talk to him alone. And Barba goes, you know that lying to a DA, at, like you're a lawyer. So like lying to a DA um, or the police is obstruction of justice. So I'm going to ask you again, like what the fuck is going on? And he goes into like the boy was of age, blah, blah, blah. I hope the NYPD isn't in the business of outing gay men. And Benson goes, it doesn't have to be. And he goes, what do you want? (laughs) So he's going to do whatever. He does not want to come out of the closet. But it's like, do people care if like a Hollywood gay, like attorney is gay? A lawyer is
2: gay? (laughs) Yeah.
1: What? um so now the the squad is like watching pervy creepy audition tapes together and it's just it's not good it's like young girls making them do splits and bounce up and down and making girls act like cats and arch their backs it's like really uncomfortable to watch it's pretty it's a pretty upsetting scene um and they have all of these flash drives and cds with audition tapes and all of them like They can't find one person that's underage that also is in the statute of limitations. And he's really, really smart because he makes his movies in Pennsylvania, Montana and Washington because the age of consent is 16 and they um, accept the mistake of age defense, which is you can say like, oh, they're 14. Whoopsie, I thought she was 16. So how the fuck will they stop him? Mm. And to the point where on every audition tape or on like on every it was nice to see us uh one of those CD binders and them taking out the DVD like I loved <laughs> that. Um the date of birth of every actress is on the CD rom. What the fuck? That's why legality does not equal morality. Okay guys? Mm. Put that on a fucking shirt. Okay. Um <laughs> Then they find one that says Winnipeg Nights and they're like, it was basically foreplay. It wasn't even an audition and it was shot in Canada and the movie was never made. OK, so we're getting somewhere. Um, did he audition anybody else? No. And she was 16 and they're like, OK, go to Winnipeg right now and talk to Maud and see if there was ever a script. Um, if the film was never made and he got lucky, then we got lucky too. So I'm kind of excited, like what is going to happen? Amaro and Rollins are in Canada talking to a hottie blonde waitress in denim shorts. And she tweeted a Vine to this director a long time ago in New York. And he called her the next day and said, I have a script that's set in Canada um, for you to play a gymnast who got cancer. And I bet the writer was laughing when they wrote that. That's really funny.
2: (laughs) Also, R.I.P. Vine, a great way to get cast in a movie back in the day. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, was there a script? She says no. Um, the audition was they worked on a monologue and they imp- improvised and stuff and everything was held in the hotel suite. He just said the official office wasn't set up yet um, and it was just like pre-production stuff, but there was no other workers. There was no one there. And she starts feeling really like ashamed. And she's like, I'm an idiot. I should have known. But they spent the weekend together. She was a virgin. And he said, well, you need real life experience to be a real actress. So they had a ton of sex and it's still affecting her And that i love this episode and i love any episode or anything that like shows the effects of trauma and that's why yellow jackets i think is so good is Mm. trauma and how it affects you is like the main underlying theme and i think that i've told my therapist to watch it it's like we need it Mm -hmm. um And she goes, I'm such an idiot. I kept waiting for him to call me about the part. Um, And then she's like fully has fresh tears in her eyes and goes, I have to get back to work and then starts taking drink orders. And I'm like, if a waitress was crying and came up to me, I'd be like, you can go cry. Like, wait, why don't you take five? (laughs) Yeah, you could take five, honey. (laughs) So we're cutting to the interrogation room, and it's Adam Brubeck, and he has a different lawyer, not the accent lawyer, but like a Thai kind of guy. And so the lawyer and Adam are in the room with Barbara and Benson. So you know this fucker's about to get the fucking showdown of his life. He starts shit talking Tensley, and Benson stops him and says, This isn't about Tensley. And your lawyer is right. You're gonna get away with what you did to both of those girls. Uh, but she takes out a headshot of Maud Peterson. And he and Adam goes, yes, I slept with hot young actresses, but I always kept it legal. Like, I hope people realize how creepy this is. And it reminds me of Chris D'Elia and all of this where it's like for you to hunt legal young girls is creepy. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're following the law. If that is if you are finding people that are just above the law, that is fucking perverted,
2: fucking creepy. Yeah.
1: And that's I just anyone that defends, oh, that's not against the law. They're a creep. Don't let your children around them. Don't trust them. They are not a friend. Barbara smug, though, so, you know that there is something there um, I'm really excited so they're like um, but was there a script like was anything made nothing was made and he acts like really cocky he's like if you people understood anything about the industry most projects don't get off the ground and Benson calmly is like yeah for sure but usually there's like a script and he's so excited to answer there is one and I registered it with the uh, Writers Guild the WGA and Barba quickly with a punch to the gut says yes we subpoena for it. And it's here right now. And the script is actually not a script, but a treatment. And it just says, um, all work, no play makes Adam a dull boy over and over and over again. And Adam is still cocky, even though his lawyer is starting to stress out. And he blames an assistant sending in the wrong document or something. And they go, No, try again. Your signature's on the registration. Uh, so was there ever any legit pre-production? Um, like a schedule or a budget. So I guess Barbara does know a little bit more about your industry than you thought. And he goes, um, I don't know, maybe that accent lawyer guy has it. And they go, oh, no, we got that from him. The only budget was a plane ticket and a hotel. That's it. And you never left the hotel at all all weekend. And Adam flips out and calls him like a limp wrist guy and is just like losing it a little. Um, and the lawyer says, we're leaving. And Barbara says, no. There was no movie. There was no intention of making a movie. Your client traveled to Canada with the primary purpose of having sex with someone under the age of 18. That's a federal crime, sexual tourism section, yada, yada, number, a C code, you know, Punishable for up to 30 years in prison. And the lawyer's like, you can't be serious. That's to stop pedophiles from flying to Thailand to have sex with 12-year-olds. And Benson responds, so hardcore, I'm obsessed. She goes, your client is a pedophile and a rapist and a murderer and if this is the only way we can get you then this is the way you're going down and barbara then adds and by the way the feds have been watching the whole time agents come and arrest his ass fuck you bitch i like love this scene
2: <laughs> i love it
1: and i've never been more turned on and this scene makes me be part of the barba brigade <laughs> like this little moment takes me over the edge And then we're back on Hoda Uh, (laughs) and Tensley, you know, she has her court outfit on, you know, she's like hair pushed back in a bun, very demure dress. And she says she's not surprised by Adam's arrest and that she fell victim to a predator and didn't even know what happened to her. And in turn, she hurt so many people and she's so sorry. So she hired an amazing PR person. She wants to make amends with everyone and help younger actresses. And she is in a new project. After she completes community service, she'll be doing an arc on Orange is the New Black. And the detectives are watching Hoda on the TV again. And uh, Carisi comes out swinging and says, I bet she looks really hot in a prison jumpsuit. And that what? (laughs) That was a little shocking.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like she's been a victim the whole episode.
1: And then Benson runs in and says they have to turn off the TV and she looks panicked and has her purse and crisp white shirt on and she's in distress and she's like Amaro hold down the fort again why Amaro he just <laughs> got back from suspension um, and Noah's in the ER so she runs towards the elevators and that's Dick Wolf and I don't think we actually needed that like if we ended with the federal crime arrest I would have been a happier girl
2: yeah but i think if you're watching week to week people are invested in this noah shit i don't know i don't know but i, agree. We didn't I mean need I agree. It. Uh, you know i don't care but let's listen to some advertisements and we will be <laughs> right back Okay. We're back and time to get into the true, you know, quote unquote crimes here. Uh, everything's a little bit up, up in the air, but obviously the main character in this episode is very clearly based on Lindsay Lohan, the cool mom, like momager, the drinking, the DUIs, all that. But you know, there's no, nothing to suggest Lindsay Lohan ever was the victim of sexual abuse, but who knows? Uh, and that's also not really a crime. And we all remember the the tabloid coverage, um, Plus, Lilo is attempting a comeback. So let's just wish her well and let her live. And I don't have any information about her being like passed around as a teenager for adults. But I don't know if you've ever heard about heard of this, but I read this. There's this wild blog called Crazy Days and Nights that. People for a while, the guy that ran it, got people convinced that actual celebrities were leaving comments in the comments sections. And I remember reading this when I worked at MTV 10 years ago. Someone showed it to me. And it was this full blind item about there's an actress in Hollywood who has been passed around at Hollywood parties since she was a teen. And everybody said it was Hayden Panettiere. Have you ever heard this rumor before? Yeah, but it might be from you. Oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> so I have heard. So I had heard this like there's truly this is allegedly all up and down. Don't come for me. Like, we, I, hope, I, it's I, I, we hope, hope it's not it's true. I hope it's not true. I certainly hope it's not true. Um, But, you know, child actress coming up, whatever. I'm sure it's not unheard of that that they that they get taken advantage of. Um, But this website was Um, I tried to find the original blog post. The, the blog is still up, but the original blind item I really can't find. But I think that part of this episode and this whole predator proof Producer thing is based on some of these whisperings and rumors that these kind of things have happened. But basically, I think this episode is also based on two real stories. The first one is Hollywood director Brian Singer. He's known for directing movies such as Usual Suspects," Apt Pupil," and the X-Men movies. That's like a huge thing that he directed, like, I think, four X-Men movies. Um, he has been dogged by uh, allegations of sexual misconduct for 20 plus years, but in 2019, a lot of it came to a head. So basically, it's a little confusing because Brian Singer is simultaneously after of uh, with having all of these sexual abuse allegations, he also has allegations of being wildly unprofessional as a director, like verbal abuse, physically smashing things, walking off set for days, like all this kinds of shit. So, you know, there's both sides to that. So, um in, tw- in late 2017, he was working on Bohemian Rhapsody. He was beefing with Rami Malek all the time. He was throwing all these fits. He was walking off set for four days at a time. And he asked them to push production a month. And they were like, bitch, no way. And so he got fired from that production. The movie still, you know, did really well, won all these awards and stuff like that. But his name was like completely taken off of it. And um, three days after his firing, a man named Caesar. Sanchez Guzman filed a lawsuit against him, alleging that Singer raped him in 2003 when he was 17. Um, and then the next day, Deadline published an interview with a former boyfriend of singer named Brett Tyler Skopek, who describes a lifestyle of drugs and orgies and young men and all this stuff. Um, I I guess Singer um, is bisexual, but a lot of the sexual abuse is towards young men. So Fox, the movie studio for Bohemian Rhapsody, said that they didn't know about this lawsuit when they fired Singer, which seems kind of like bullshit because this guy has had stink on him for, like I said, 20 plus years. Like he's had allegations in in, in 2014. Like he's just had allegations forever. And And even when
1: you um, listed his credit it's it's like I don't know anyone could have done that like I don't I don't see his skill and talent being okay with this type of behavior for that long like I just don't get it
2: yeah it's it's one of these things where when you I'm reading about it people are like you know people excuse a lot of bad behavior from geniuses and I'm like I don't really see the genius but okay I do love Usual Suspects I do think that is a good movie but you know I've never seen an X-Men movie in my life but In 2019, Singer was 53, so I guess now he's around 55, um, and he had been trailed by allegations of sexual misconduct basically his entire career. Like, at one point at the University of Southern California, USC, uh, 4,000 students and faculty and alumni signed a petition to take his name off of the Brian Singer Division of Cinema and Media Studies, which they ended up doing right after this man, Sanchez Guzman, uh, filed his suit. So... Um, I'm getting a lot of this information from a very, very in-depth article in The Atlantic, which we will obviously link to in our show notes. But this article in The Atlantic is where they gathered a lot of sources, sort of like the it's sort of like the article that took down Harvey Weinstein. Like it's they have all the sources there of people and most of them are. uh Anonymous, like nobody wants to get dragged down. Nobody wants their career to get, uh, you know, affected by being linked to this kind of stuff, unfortunately.
1: Well, yeah, because if he's molesting, the people in charge of him are probably molesting and, you know, they all know molesting. And so they're all kind of covering their own ass, I bet.
2: Mm. Well, a prominent actor said in this Atlantic interview, uh, quote, after the Harvey Weinstein news came out, everyone thought Brian Singer would be next. So you know it was it's like one of these open secrets in fact i think there was a documentary called open secret that's about uh <laughs> pedophilia in hollywood and Brian singer is mentioned in the documentary so um Yeah. Like I said, the Atlantic has this very well-researched piece where they talk to 50 sources, a lot of whom claim that Singer knew they were under 18 when he was in his 30s and he assaulted them. Some say they were seduced by Singer and others say they were raped. So some are like, well, I was into it. You know, it's kind of like the boy with the blowjob. I liked it. I wanted it, you know, like, but it's still assault. Um, and so almost every person, like I said, that they wanted to talk to, wanted to remain avoid, uh, anonymous to avoid retaliation. So then. In the fall of 2018, uh, even with this lawsuit pending, he was still hired to direct the movie Red Sonia, which is a comic book movie. And get this, Red Sonia is a sexual assault victim, the character. So it's like, of course, Hollywood is this dumb. Um, And obviously later the project was pulled after like more stuff came to light about Singer. Um, Another connection to Singer and this episode is the whole pool party angle. So if you've ever heard like, I feel like I've heard a million jokes that are like, what is this, a Brian Singer pool party? Like, it's definitely like a joke in the business of like an older man having a pool party with a lot of way too young people. And um, he apparently was well known for throwing these kind of pool parties all throughout the 90s in Mar Vista. Like to hear it from my uh, gay friends that have like been living in L.A. for a long time. They're like, yeah, you could see him out in West Hollywood. Like you could like little like boys that would get into LA having been kicked out of their homes or coming to LA to try to be actors. They would just be so young and impressionable. Like those were like his victims. He would just meet them, whisk them up into his world, like pay for stuff, you know, pretended that he was really into them. And then, you know, eventually a lot of them he dropped and a lot of them went on to develop like, you know, drug and alcohol problems. And it's, it's really pretty sad. Um, but much like the episode what we were talking about, one of the guests at one of these parties who spoke to the Atlantic in the interview said, quote, how did all these kids get here? Where are their parents? Like, that was the feeling he had when he walked into the party. And that's exactly what I was thinking when they showed that party in the episode. So
1: well, that, well, we also get a little clue with uh, Tensley's mom where it's like some of these parents probably fucking know. Yeah, and they don't care or that they believe in this or they were raised in this way. And it's like, go do that go get rich yeah.
2: or they've invested their whole lives and livelihood and their kids success. So it's like, yeah, go to this party, make connections. Maybe they're not specifically telling their kids to like fuck directors, but they're like, you know, kiss up, get, you know, get what you're supposed to get. Um, Oh, what I thought was kind of interesting, too, is like one guy in the article talks about sexual encounters he had with with Brian Singer when he was 15 and Singer was 31. And he said Singer definitely knew he was a teen. And that at one point when they were hooking up on like a waterbed, Brad Renfro, the actor who was also the star of Apt Pupil, who was also 15, was like sitting there at the edge of the bed, like looking uncomfortable, but not joining in. So like there's no, there's no evidence that Brad Renfro was like bi or gay at all. So he, he was never like part of the hookup, but just that this director brought him in, made him feel uncomfortable and sit there. And he was probably like, what am I supposed to do? This is the director of my big movie. I can't like, you know, run out of the room or whatever. It's just, again, it's like these, this, this abuse of power. Anyway, Brad Renfro, uh, you may or may not know, died of a drug overdose in 2008, but he was a really huge... Like, no, the team. moment
1: you said apt people I thought of him and that his death could have not been accidental. Like, the quarries, you know, like one of the quarries got killed after he came out about sexual abuse. Like, yeah the moment you said apt people I go, oh, fuck.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, he maybe he was abused and that was what led to drug and alcohol problems. I mean, there's like, there's a million scenarios, but it's, yeah. um, uh, really really sad but um singer also like by association I won't get super into this because it's a little bit off tangent but he invested and helped form this company called digital entertainment Network or den dn um and it was supposed to be a production company that focused on like young content like for ages like 14 to 24 um and it was gonna have like gay stories and like be sort of like it definitely sounds like something that was ahead of its time and it would have been distributed online and the guy who found it was named Mark Collins Rector and he was basically running a pedophile ring and was eventually arrested and served time and is is now out but is a registered sex offender and Singer was very closely linked to this den thing like they would have they had this mansion where there was constantly young boys everywhere blah 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 and um that Singer was involved in that, too. So ultimately, uh, Brian Singer has really not suffered any legal consequences for what's happened, what he's done in 2019. He paid Cesar Sanchez Guzman 150000 which his lawyer says was a business decision because it would That would be less money than he would spend to continue to litigate this. And he uh, still maintains his innocence that he never met this man, that he never did anything to him. And honestly, since 2019, when he settled that case, like not really much has been heard of him. Like when I was Googling it, like I found an article that he sold his Malibu mansion at the end of 2019 for 13.75 million. But he's basically become persona non grata in Hollywood. Recently, actually, the, just this past December of 2021, his former assistant and partner wrote a first-person account in Variety detailing years of alleged abuse at the hands of singers. So kind of the story just resurfaced a little bit recently. But um, that's really all there is in recent memory. And I'm, I'm very curious to see if he does have a comeback because it seems to me like no man is too low for a second chance. Like we'll always get like, I don't know that we're we've seen the last of Kevin Spacey. You know what I mean? Like we're going to get these guys are going to find their way back somehow.
1: Yeah, I do wonder if uh, being gay does affect it. Like if people are going to be less forgiving of Kevin Spacey than they are of, you know, Sean Penn beating
2: Madonna with a baseball bat. Yeah, Roman Roman Polanski. who People continue to idolize. Yeah. There's just like, listen, all of this is like, quote unquote, alleged about Brian Singer. But it's like, I just believe where there's smoke, there's fire. There's not 50 people saying that they had relations with him when they were a teenager. And it's all lies. Like, I just don't think that that's like, I I think he's definitely a predator and um that's my opinion but uh, obviously maybe not supported with fact um the other story i thought might be drawing from uh this episode might be drawing from are the allegations against a nickelodeon super producer named dan schneider he was originally an actor in the 80s and 90s. He was in the show Head of the Class, which I watched. Uh, I don't remember it very well, but he he used to act in all this stuff. And then like when his acting career kind of fizzled, he started writing and producing um, for like kids content. And he was considered a hit maker at Nickelodeon. Like he's responsible for... All that iCarly, the Amanda Show, Drake and Josh, Zoe One Hundred and One, Victorious. Like he launched Ariana Grande, Keenan Thompson, Josh Peck, Amanda Bynes, Victoria Justice. He's he's basically launched all these huge stars and just made hit after hit for Nickelodeon. And then suddenly in two thousand eighteen. He and Nickelodeon just amicably cut ties. It makes no sense. I think it's really weird. He fully disappeared from public life when that happened until June of 2021 when he spoke to the New York Times. There had been some chit-chat about inappropriateness with, um, with the kids on the shows because he would, he would write in a lot of stuff that had to do with kids' feet, and he would tweet stuff like polls about kids, like the different actors' feet and shit. And then like when the New York Times asked him about it he just kind of laughed it off and was like it's ridiculous i just think kids feet are funny like whatever blah blah blah. <laughs> so what's weird is like when they interview coworkers they start like everybody started talking to coworkers and i guess it revealed a pattern of verbal abuse which is now being pointed to as the reason for this big split from Nickelodeon but i just think that doesn't really pass the smell test to me like verbal abuse, you get some counseling, you get some reprimands, you work on it. Like you're making millions of dollars, like on all these shows. I don't know why you're just like parting ways with Nickelodeon amicably like that. It just doesn't. And no feet
1: are that funny. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I guess like a fat little baby foot, like, oh, look how tiny. But yeah, that's disgusting.
2: Yeah. Like a teen foot, like Ariana Grande's foot as a teen. Please tell me what's funny. But I will, I will say that there are tons of rumors on the internet that he was sexually abusing a lot of the stars of his shows. Like, and I, I specify rumors because I like, again, these are from like not really reputable sites, but if you look on Reddit or you look on Twitter, the shit's everywhere. And the rumors include that he is the father of Jamie Lynn Spears's baby that she had when she was like 16 or 17. Another rumor that he impregnated Amanda Bynes and forced her to have an abortion. And that's what kind of led to her mental breakdown. Again, these are very easy to find on the Internet. I don't know that there's any factuality to any of them. It's a lot of conspiracy theories and a lot of anonymous comments in online forums. Uh, some of them are from that website I mentioned earlier from people that claim to know what's up, people that are like, I'm in this business. I know this person. This is what's up. This man is a monster. He's a pedophile. Again, who knows? But according to this New York Times interview, he's planning his comeback. So get your kids ready, Well, because that's the
1: whole thing of like, alleged, alleged, we don't know. It's like, how many molesters do we have to know before we realize lots of people are molesters? You know, it's like people act so shocked. And it's like, wait, are you actually shocked? Like, I don't... (laughs)
2: Yeah, it's just kind of like to me, it's like like they did the break with Nickelodeon and then suddenly it was like, oh, yeah, if you talk to people, he was really hard to work with. And it's like, but we didn't hear about any of that before. Like the hard to work with stuff wasn't before the break. Like usually everybody knew Harvey Weinstein was an asshole to work for. Everybody did. Like everybody knows about all these big guys in Hollywood. Like you can name names like but that this was never really a reputation. And then suddenly there's this break and then they're like, oh, yeah, he was verbally abusive. And it's like, yeah, that's very convenient. Whereas if they imagine that Nickelodeon found out something that he really did that was sketchy and that this is just like a cover up again, conspiracy theories. This is conjecture out of my asshole, but but I'm thinking about Amanda
1: Bynes and all these, you know, young people who have the I'm a bad girl now vibes in their early 20s and like society kind of turns against them and makes jokes of them in the paparazzi and stuff. And then now Mm. it's like. Shame on all of us.
0: Who knows what
1: all these girls have been through? I watched the Nickelodeon documentary on a flight of mine recently. They did not cover this. (laughs) Please don't send your kids to slutty pool parties. And it's like so many people, because a part of me is like, I don't think everyone's bad in Hollywood, but I think of people that I do like. And I'm like, I bet George Clooney's been at a party where people have been being raped and he's chilling. Like, I don't know yeah like all of them hang out and it's like everyone just knows and i mean we all knew about louie but i think that's different than raping children i don't know right
2: it's like i want galaine maxwell to talk i want to know i want to know who the clients were you
1: think think she's gonna talk
2: um maybe for a deal to get less jail time they
1: would kill her she knows what happens if you talk yeah it's like a threat (laughs)
2: All right. Well, we have an amazing interview coming up, so stay with us. Guys, today we have a guest who is no stranger to good crime drama. She has appeared in Criminal Minds, CSI Las Vegas, and will soon be appearing in the sixth and final season of Animal Kingdom on TNT. But you guys know her as the pop diva Tensley Evans. Enjoy our convo with Stevie Lynn Jones. I've watched this episode three times this week,
1: and (laughs) it is uh, so good. So
2: tell us how this came about.
1: Did you know you nailed your audition? You felt good. You were like, I crushed it. I didn't audition.
2: I know because I noticed. Let me guess, because I noticed you were on this show on NBC called Crisis, and I was wondering if they just like scooted you right along to this. Kind of.
0: Okay. Uh, I worked with Michael (laughs) Pressman, the director on another guest star in New York for this show called Unforgettable. And he was just like, she can do it. And then they offered it to me. And then I cried because SVU is one of my favorite shows of all time. So yes. (laughs) Yeah. It was incredible. That's amazing. Offer It's really nice. We obviously want to talk
2: to everybody that's involved in the show, but it's a little bit heartbreaking when we talk to somebody that's like, I actually never saw an episode before I got on it. We love talking to the use, like the people that are like, I'm obsessed. And when I got it, I my life was I made.
0: literally grew up watching SVU um, <laughs> when I first when it first aired. And then, it, you know, during the opening credits when it says like Stevie Lynn Jones. And then right after it said my name, it did the dun dun and I burst into tears. I was just like, how is this real life? How is this happening? Everything's complete. And then it started my love of like, and my determination to be on every single good procedural crime show. Uh, and so it's, you know, it's a dream of mine for sure.
2: Wow. And you're doing you're you've been on CSI. You're making your way up. You're doing it. I'm trying. I've got (laughs)
0: NCIS left to go and then I'll like have a, it'll be amazing.
1: Who did you watch the episode with when it came out? Was there a party vibe? A
0: little get-together? I think I was just at my parents' house because they were the only ones who had TV left. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? No so one had funny. real television anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I think I was just there. But I definitely remember, like, my childhood home, watching it on the same TV that I grew up watching it, which was pretty trippy.
2: Well, and I have no idea if the internet is, like, right about people's ages, but were you only, like, 19 when you did this? Yeah. Yeah, because, like, you're supposed to be playing a 24-year-old, but you're you're, like, a teen.
0: It it was interesting with my agents for a long time because, you know, it's always the older to or yeah, older to play younger things. So they were trying to get me to play teenagers forever. And I was like, guys, I've already played mid 20s. Why can't I just be mid 20s forever instead of being high school forever? Uh, But yeah, they figured that, you know, I could pull it off, which I think it worked fine.
2: Yes. So for
1: sure. Since you are a big fan was like. You get kind of tousled by Danny Pino. You get to nuzzle in Mariska Hargitay. Um, I guess let us know, like you kind of take the lead of how you felt when you got to set and met everybody and, you know, all the people that you recognized.
0: I have three pages of notes for you. Great, Yay! (laughs) (laughs) um amazing uh, oh we stan a prepared queen i just like love talking about this show it's funny people always ask me what's your favorite role what's your favorite job and this one truly is for multiple reasons though because yes i love law and order svu i grew up watching it but then with what mariska has done in really taking charge and really giving it a new life with the work and the advocacy that she's doing that is so close and near and dear to my heart that that was incredible. And then, you know, yeah, I, I worked on crisis and, uh, which was incredible. And I, I got to be in every episode, but you know, I was just kidnapped little kid who was crying a lot where this, I got to have an entire arc and go through so many different emotions. And there's really a beginning, a middle and an end. And I don't get to do that a lot, you know, on TV, you, you come in, you come out, you don't have a whole story to tell. And so the fact that I got to do that on this and really like, take the lead in that way and get to interact with so many people. That is also incredible. And then not to mention her outfit. I mean, yes. She That's was actually so the fun. first question
1: we wrote down was usually the wardrobe is muted and you like, you oh, got
0: great outfits. Great outfits. No, I uh, well, I did break a dress in the fitting, which was not great for my <laughs> ego. But <laughs> they had to cut me out of it. But that's fine. We we figured out the wardrobe and like her glasses and everything. I like, just in love. Uh, that was incredible. Actually, the main outfit for when I get arrested with that like the the maroon with the knee high boots and everything. We shot the scene where I'm walking up the court steps and there is all the paparazzi pictures and everything like seven in the morning in like the stock market district down in New York. And I was like, this is wild to be walking (laughs) around the streets of New York like this right now. Um, but yeah, no, her outfits were great. Uh, I don't know. Where should, where should I start? Oh, okay. Well, let's just start at the very beginning. The crash scene, my number one piece of trivia for props was that they created a license plate. I don't know if you guys ever saw it, but there's a license plate and it says the number 10 and then Zlee.
2: Wow. I didn't even notice that.
0: I have to go back. I will send you guys a picture if you want, because I obviously have a selfie of me sitting next to the, the, the license plate, because I was like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened, and how do I take this home immediately? They did not give it to me. But I was like, just the level of detail was spectacular. Did you steal anything? I am too scared. Okay. <laughs> um but that that also that opening scene michael called the network and got it approved for me to say bitch which i was like floored about i was so excited that i got to curse on television i was like this is so yeah. badass we're on nbc and i get to say bitch so that was very exciting as well <laughs>
1: yes um a fuck mary kill if you will with a uh, caricia Amaro barba and we'll do their characters, <laughs>
2: not the it's actors. It's their characters,
0: not the people. We'll fuck Amaro, obviously. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, he's gorgeous. And then I don't want to kill any of them. I know. Um, yeah. I feel like Mary Barba. I mean, I feel like that's going to be a really steady, healthy home, yeah. you know, where we're really we're going to be good. We're going to be golden. He's still very Yeah, your sweet. kids are going to be bilingual. You There's know, everything's plo- going to be pros. good. And then, yeah. you know, that means that we have to kill. But, you know, I'm not going to actually say that out loud because I don't want to. <laughs> but that actually was
2: also like new Carisi when he was kind of like still adult. Now he's like a little bit more charming, you know?
0: Yeah, he was still like finding his own and they yeah. weren't really giving him a lot to work with and everything. No, he's definitely evolved for yeah. sure.
2: So, I wanted to know how I was working with your on screen mom, Dana Wheeler Nicholson, because she was giving very strong Dina Lohan vibes. And I was wondering if you were able to keep a straight face when she said, if that's what you're in simulating, which is, I think, one of the funniest lines I've ever heard on television, let alone
0: SVU. <laughs> it was incredible. And that was all her. Because she they, did that? Yes, she <sighs> did that. She asked Michael before we started shooting and was like, it was about Linz. It was about the loan family. I yeah, mean, like yeah. I was, I was booked for a reason. They had pictures of her and then pictures of me up in the, you know, the production office and we like recreated looks and different things like that. Uh, so she obviously came in and was like, well, I've been doing some research and I think I should mispronounce some things. And they were like, Oh my gosh, we love it. Please just go with it. Wherever you think you can do it, do Amazing. it. And she did an incredible job. No keeping a straight. And she, I had just finished watching Friday night lights. So getting to work, with her I was like oh my gosh this is incredible you're amazing and she's I mean you know masterclass in true professionalism like she's hilarious she's great showed up with like you know people guest stars too like to show up with that level of like interest and uh, ideas and everything I was like oh okay yeah I'm learning things like this is the way you're supposed to show up to anything no matter what you're doing
2: well, I loved you guys as a mother-daughter <laughs> duo.
0: Well, you mentioned the
1: Lindsay Lohan of it all. And Kara mentioned Dina Lohan. Did you do any research or prep on that? Or you knew about the saga because she's a superstar and everyone's like, I love her so much.
0: I knew the saga. And then I I think I just wanted to honor the character. I didn't want to try and play anything tropey. I thought I, obviously what she did was hilarious and like perfectly fit the situation. And I don't think it was, you know making fun of anyone or anything it was it was great it was perfect Mm -hmm. i just wanted to more honor the character that we were creating and not do you didn't want to do like a character go anywhere too far one yeah a character or making fun of her or getting somewhere there where like i being a young person in the business and growing up i've never been in situations as bad as portrayed in the show, but definitely being in situations where people were trying to take advantage and, you know, everything like that. I just wanted to honor that as much as possible and try and be as grounded there as I could.
2: So how long have you been acting? You, you, you've you been acting since you were a kid?
0: Yeah. It started when I was 12. 12. Okay. So Like, I know this
2: storyline is obviously really, really tough. And uh, but like when you were growing up, like in the Hollywood world, like, did you hear about stuff like that or like have friends that had experiences like
0: that? Definitely heard of things, definitely had friends. Nothing as tragic as that Mm. by any means, but definitely in situations where you think you're walking into something professional and then it's a it's immediately clear that it's not professional and it's just someone interested in having dinner with you, having a meeting with you. And, and, and that may, as women, we are spidey senses go off immediately. So you're walking into a business situation where you're like, no, I'm going to talk about this. And I'm going to talk about this. And like, even things set up through agents and different things like that. And I've walked into them like a hundred percent expecting one thing. And then they're just commenting on the way I look or asking Mm -hmm. me inappropriate questions. And I'm like, okay. I'm gonna exit the premises on that one of them someone did that to me at the Beverly Hills hotel and I was like guys this is a little (laughs) like on the nose really (laughs) we're gonna do this here like why
2: (laughs) oh my god so and like and but from when you were like 12 to 18 you probably had your mom or dad with you a lot
0: no no uh, my I was a legal you can test to become a legal 18 when you're 15. And it's not like emancipation. Emancipation actually only allows you to sign your own contracts. It doesn't allow you to work long hours and um, be on set and different things like that. So you, you take this test, which is basically like a GED and then you're a legal 18 and you can be on set without a parent. You can work over 12 hours. You don't have to be in school and everything like that. So by the time I was 15, like, no one was on set with me.
1: What was the spark that you knew you wanted to do this so serious? I've never heard of like the 15 thing and just going so hardcore. Did you have a moment, a movie you watched, a school play you were in? Was there like a aha moment?
0: I growing up here. Getting an agent and kind of auditioning for commercials is like soccer and other places yeah, in the country yeah. right like everyone has an agent Literally like if you're a cute kid and you're outgoing you have an agent my best friend who's pre-med and becoming a nurse had an agent before me like that <laughs> everyone just did it and but my parents waited until I was interested in it which is good on in in one way the opposite of my dear mother in the show uh <laughs> they did not push me into anything but they waited until I was interested in, and I actually got scouted at the. I got scouted at the mall and that whole thing. Which and mall? Uh, the Beverly Center. Oh, wow. Geez. Outside H and M at the Beverly Center. <laughs> it's a nice mall. <laughs> yep. It's a nice mall. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he took my headshots, and then we started auditioning for commercials. And then I did it for about two years pretty seriously my family is like if you're going to do something you're going to do it well and you're going to do it right no matter what I did every extracurricular activity I did school like I had to show up and do as best as I could and put in the most effort that I could and then it was about 14 when I was getting I'm a little type a and I had all straight a's and like was very much like have to do it all and I was getting really stressed out about having auditions and not being able to study for my tests and then I took a step back and I was just like wait what's the priority here like you're geometry test isn't as important as your career. And I really was like, no, this is my career. I really want to do it. And then I decided to do online schooling because I was like, I can't be splitting my attention like that. But it Mm. took like two years. Like at first I was kind of just doing it for fun. And like I did musical theater when I was a kid and I was in, you know, a performing arts middle school. And so it was more fun. And then I really fell in love with it and was like, no, I want to take this seriously. Wow. You mentioned
1: how many, what a range of emotions you got to portray in the whole hour. And there's obviously like funny, silly, like you're being a pop diva. But then there are such emotional scenes. And I was just wondering how you drop into those or prep to do those kinds of scenes.
0: There's different ways. Right. And you learn. uh, Actors use the idea like um, as if. Imagine you you switch something out, like imagine, you know, your dog died and then it gets you sad and you move over there and do it. I think for me, more than those like tricks and things, I just, Focus on the reality of the situation, and I think, like we're talked being a woman and being in situations, no matter what happens, like you've always been you've been made uncomfortable before, or you've been in a situation where maybe you've done something and taken advantage of someone because you were uncomfortable and just taking those and like heightening them to the best of your ability and um trying to drop in and be as realistic as possible actually the 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 final scene in the rehab center where I am telling. Marishka, about everything. and that scene was really hard for me to drop into. I just I wasn't getting as emotional as they wanted. And I knew it. and th- that's just something too, on set, right? When you're expected to do something, and then you have the entire crew like kind of tapping their feet around you and like, wait, it it's hard to to stay in it. Yeah. And she grabbed my hand and said, "Don't think about anyone else. Take as much time as you need." like complete eye contact. Like, let's take some breaths together. Like held my hands and immediately that got me there. Cause it just focused me into the exact person I was supposed to be talking to the exact energy I was supposed to be giving. And I completely got there, but I wouldn't have without her. And like,
2: we've had other guests tell us that because they're like, they're so fast. Like time is money. Like they're quick, 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 quick. So if you're not like, she must by now 23 seasons, just know when someone is like, just having you can needs see it. that little push you know and it, it's and like she
0: she is the number one on that call sheet but mm-hmm. she is the number one on that set I talked to so many crew members she knows every single crew members names she knows all their children's names she knows where they go to school like she is everything you want her to be and she knows when she can take control and stop it and slow it down and no one's gonna tell her otherwise because she's also not being a diva about it she's not wasting time Mm -hmm. she's not stopping production or slowing things down for you know stupid reasons she's doing it because she recognizes that her scene partner needs the time and actually that's going to like get everything moving quicker because they're going to be reaching the emotional levels that they should be reaching yeah Oh, she's just incredible! And even like
2: side note, I don't know if you've seen this video that's been like going kind of viral lately of her. They're shooting in Washington Square Park, (laughs) and she tells this guy to stop singing. But I'm like, another like show. They might have stood around debating what to do, like waiting for that guy to just quit singing. But she just goes up and is like, "Hey, bro, can you just chill for a second, not sing, and then I'll hang out with you." Like,
0: no, I wanted to bring that up because she is okay. Also coming from LA, shooting on the open streets of New York was Mm. wild to me. (laughs) Like they they show up on set, they walk me to my trailer. They're like, "Here's your trailer and here's your key. Remember to lock it because anyone's walking by." And I was like, "Wait, what? There's not like we don't have the street lockdown?" And they're like, "No, people can walk by. Like it's an open sidewalk and people." Follow the production around town, right? And some guy came up to her and had gifts for her, and she knew his name. She took the gifts. She said thank you so much. She was so kind, so respectful, and like, who does that? Who yeah. does that? It's insane. I I was completely blown away. And working with other people and you know other actors who aren't that gracious, like she doesn't have to do all that, yeah, and she does.
1: No, I always say sometimes you work with the best or like you hear such great stories about such talented people. So it makes no sense why others are assholes. If the best of the best can be nice, what
2: are you
0: doing? It can be Mm -hmm. nice, can do such incredible work. It's just like, why don't you?
2: Yeah. Why doesn't everybody follow suit?
0: (laughs) There's Um, no reason.
2: So you were so obviously working with Mariska was a dream. What about like Danny Pino, all these? I mean, did you have you had a lot of scenes with him?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, he was incredible. A total sweetheart, professional. I mean, like everything you could ask for. The, the entire team was a dream team. And I actually hadn't been watching the show because I wasn't living anywhere with TV. Right. And it wasn't yeah. like streaming yet everywhere. So I wasn't up to date on this. So they were all like new people to me and they completely welcomed me in and completely, you know, showed up would rehearse uh everything. I mean, it was great. But working with Ron Rifkin was also a dream. A legend. Because I had also just stopped watching Alias and I was just completely in awe of him. And he, I mean, just like totally calm, centered, complete, complete professional, just a living legend. I
2: gotta say he might be the lawyer I pick to be my lawyer if I come if I have a crime and I need one of these SVU defense attorneys, it might be Rifkin for me.
0: Because he's, he he doesn't pull any punches. He tells you what's what, but he takes care of and you. And he seems expensive. He seems so like the expensive.
2: bill would knock you out of your chair when you open But you're going
0: to be free. Yeah. Like, it's fine. You won't be charged <laughs> with anything.
2: Yeah, for sure. Because he represented you, and he represented, I think he represented the madam in the Bart Ganzel, that double parter or whatever, and that was huge because she definitely had deep pockets.
0: (laughs) He was just so cool, too. You know, those, like, he was like the classiest New Yorker you have ever met, mm. right? Where you're just like, oh, he has dinner parties and goes to the opera and him and his wife go out to nice restaurants. And he's just like, oh, well, so-and-so on West Road, da-da-da, and I'm just like, I <laughs> want your life. Like, you're yeah. so cool. Can I be your friend or your granddaughter or something? <laughs>
2: he definitely has the key to that Gramercy Park, park. Oh, you know? 100%. he has got one of those 100%, keys. 100%, yeah.
1: <laughs> Would you ever live in New York or are you
0: an L.A. gal? I want to l- get paid to live in New York.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: of
0: course. <laughs> of course. Well, another be- big one.
1: Are you about to say this? I think we're no, about to go. say the same thing. Hoda.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask. What, did you actually shoot the scene with Hoda? Because I couldn't tell if it was like, if it was, you know, they cheated it.
0: No, okay. So she was a dream and they kind of scheduling. I don't remember what we were shooting prior to it, but something went very long. And then we had to do a complete uh a complete move company move to where she was and she was in some basement and they set up the set in like some basement it wasn't on a sound stage it wasn't anywhere it's very strange and she literally had been waiting there probably since like four in the afternoon and it was now 2 a.m and we shot we did like three takes because they were like we're all over time we need to get this done and she complete professional, I mean, obviously, but like was so happy to be there, was so willing to show up and do what everyone needed, did not throw any sort of fit or was not put out at all. And then we actually uh, drove back in a van back to the studio together and- Um, we got to chat and she was super kind and she actually invited me onto the, on the today show. And so that's the reason I was on the today show because she was like, when this comes out, you have to just email the publicist and we'll get you on. And so then I got to go do that. And it was totally because of her. Yeah. She was just like, well, duh, you have to, you're my scene partner. Yeah. And that,
2: it was incredible. Oh my God. Amazing. Wow. Two gigs in one kind of. (laughs) I mean, the the try the triple threat would have been like if Orange Is the New Black actually called up and was like, "Come on, girl, let's get <laughs> right? you on for that." That arc. became
0: like a Google search after you would type in my name, and like I had friends being like, "Stevie, when's your Orange Is the New Black episodes coming out?" And I was like, "I'm not actually on it, you guys." I <laughs> That's <wish." Tensley. laughs> Yeah, can someone call Netflix, please? <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, is there, are there any other like little tidbits from your notes that you want to throw in? I feel like this I think this has been amazing.
0: Um, I just I want to talk about Mariska again, because she's <laughs> I'm sure you guys have heard after interviewing everyone, but like she's the goofiest person. Yeah. So she's so goofy. She won't stop making jokes. She won't stop making faces. And then, you know, they'll yell action and she just goes to Olivia Benson. You're like, how did that just happen? Like she just completely drops into her immediately. And I mean, how could you not after doing it for so many years, but I just love that she isn't Jade. It was a big lesson to me about what you could do with your career and, and, you know a lot of actors get upset that they get quote stuck in a show or they're on a show for so long and they want to get out and you hear all these people and the networks have to give them so much more money to keep them on and she really seems to be happy to be there and happy to have her life and has figured out how to do it and i was like that's a dream and as an actress like that was really really inspiring that she can have so much fun and then also gives so much to the role and be so invested
2: Wow. She is a dream. I could have talked to her for another hour. Love her. Yeah, she was badass. Had notes.
1: Has been 18 since she was 15. She really uh, is on it. I love the like, if you're going
2: to do something, fucking do it. Go for it. Don't half-ass shit. Like, go all the way. And it's obviously paying off for her. So that's cool.
1: Yeah, um, I loved all her tidbits and we're going to post a really great photo of her. So look out for that, bitches. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this was a fun episode. And this is like we talked about guest style. It was like a Megan Fahey moment for us, you know, successful brunette actresses that are (laughs) crushing it that led an emotional one hour story for us. So I put them in the same category of
2: queen. For sure. For sure. And um, yeah, I think we just like learned in this episode uh as we have before many times that like just people everyone's that are everyone's
1: a molester. yeah like just because these
2: people are in positions of power and they're respected and they're con- called a quote unquote genius doesn't mean that they don't have you know gross gross crimes they're committing in their spare time or that they're not or that they're not abusing their power you know um yeah we learned um that wait what
1: word did she say and compulate and simulate and simulate it's not a real
2: word but i wish it was simulate um, i love it so <laughs> that actress much. is fucking amazing
1: um we learned statue of limitations was um pushed on by the church the church is bad we know that
2: yeah um and we learned that like Listen, Stevie kind of has lived the life in a way of this character, like where she started, you know, and like she she kind of knows when people are taking advantage. So it's it's a little bit like trust your gut when people are take trying to take advantage, like when people are not in it for the business aspects or being professional. You got to trust your gut and um, don't feel like you need to go to pool parties and do fucked up stuff to get ahead in your career. I guess yeah. if that's if that's a per, if that's currently any 14 year olds are listening to our podcast and they're like, but I have this pool party this weekend with a big director. Yeah. And I don't, don't get have the to go. vibe
1: from our <laughs> listeners that they would uh, push their kids to. Yeah. Do sexual favors to grown men. <laughs> like, I just like <laughs> I don't think that's our demographic. Like, I don't think uh, we have stage moms here. But if you were, right. you know, send us a DM. Let us know. <laughs> Let us know if you're a predator. I don't know why I keep singing a tune um, to (laughs) these horrific things, but I feel jolly. It makes you
2: because it's easier to say everyone's a molester than it is to just say that. (laughs) Put it on
1: a T-shirt. Is that merch? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Everyone molests in every industry, and that's why people get powerful to get away with it. I think um money and s- credits are actually a side, <laughs> a side piece to yeah. the true prize, which is molesting.
2: Also, I think we learned that um you have you gotta pay your dues once you fuck up. Amaro, you gotta you gotta hit the beat for a little while and arrest a couple pop stars and get accused of sexual harassment before you're allowed to put your suit on. Yes, it takes one episode but you know you still have to do something it also um like
1: i forgot whatever (laughs) (laughs) no it reminds me that i haven't really like i've watched see the early seasons up to i've watched the maloney years more extensively than the teens and 20s. And I'm not ashamed Mm -hmm. to admit it. So these are also, it's like refreshing to see the Pino Carisi relationship and remember it and become as accustomed to these characters as I am with the OGs. Yes. um, So, yeah. So that's kind of um, nice. Like, I don't remember kind of the, he's a real empath, you know, I don't remember (laughs) those little moments. Um, And so I like seeing the testy, testy boys fighting over Amanda.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun little love triangle moment for five seconds. But I think even back when I used to watch it in real time, I only was focused on the Amaro Rollins thing. And I didn't really think Carisi. I think because I thought Carisi was such adult, like the whole time that I was like, I'm not I'm not here for him. Like, I don't know. He's not going to be with anybody. And then, you know, as he grew as a person, I guess we were allowed him to become a sexual object. Some of you, not me. Um. Anyway, <laughs> um. But yeah, a good ep. Glad we covered it. Okay, so um, all right. Now it's time for What Would Sister Peg Do? Our weekly segment where we direct you towards a resource, a website, a book, an organization, an article, something that fleshes out a little bit of what we talked about on today's episode. And this week, you know, we talked a lot about sort of like impressionable young uh, guys for the most part arriving in LA and sort of becoming victim to Brian Singer. Um, And I wanted to, once again, we've already highlighted this organization, but I really believe this is such a great organization. uh, The Trevor Project, which is www.thetrevorproject.org. And that's a nonprofit organization that is focused on suicide prevention efforts among LGBTQ youth. Um, they're known for the Trevor Lifeline, which is a confidential service that offers trained counselors as well as text service text. You can text someone for help, which is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and yeah, the website is the dot org. And their number is one eight six six four eight eight seven three eight six. We'll put this all in our um in our what would sister peg do highlight and i also wanted to highlight that with the trevor project if you live in a space where you are not out of the closet they actually have a feature on their website where if you hit the escape button three times fast it transfers you off the page in case someone is near you and you three don't feel times? safe that's a lot of times well that's like what your phone does you hit your phone button three times and it calls it give, prompts you to call nine one one. you Ooh, know
1: did not know that
2: yeah if you hit your little lock button three times because I've done it like nervously three times and it's like, do you want to call 911? That's
1: a good tip. Thanks for letting me know that. Yeah.
2: And it's a it's a nice feature on the Trevor Project's website in case you don't feel safe like being, you know, discovered on their website. So that's that.
1: I also did just think of something that probably belonged in the intro and I forgot. Is it an appropriate place to put it in this after Trevor Project? Who cares? Um no I care. <laughs> I care. Let me know. Um I did not see him. But Brad Pitt was at the comedy store last night. What? Yeah, I like came to the little front desk area to check in. And um, the girl that works there, Kaylee, was like, Brad Pitt's in the back bar. And I didn't. I, I've never turned from a human and swiftly walked uh, like mid conference She didn't even finish the sentence. And I started <laughs> rushing towards the back bar empty. The back area was empty. I ran upstairs. I ran ever. I couldn't find him. What would you him. have done if you found him? I just wanted a peek. Yeah. I just wanted a peek. That's it. Like I wouldn't bother him at all. But if he was in the back bar, because earlier someone had messaged me going, Hey, back bars opened again. Um, and so then I was like, oh, is that why that person messaged? Like, I, if it was a few people talking, I'd be like, oh, hello. But yeah. if I just <laughs> ran, I would leave him alone.
2: But I would want to look. I want to look. No, um, in 2018, I wrote for this award show. It's like it's like a big Hollywood award show that's not televised, which is so weird. But like all these huge stars were there and I got to see him backstage in person. And it's like quite stunning. Like it's quite you're like, wow, like it's crazy. Yeah what award show doesn't get televised. It's called, they're called the Hollywood film awards and it's like the kickoff to award season. And all these celebs come and it's like at the, I think the Hollywood Hilton or or Beverly Hills Hilton or whatever. I I forgot what hotel, but it's at, they they all sit at tables. It was the year that crazy rich Asians was out. So like the whole cast of crazy rich Asians was there and there's all these awards and Aquafina hosted. And I wrote for her and Literally, it's just not televised, but there's all kinds of press photos from there. I I don't know who like pays for it, but it's like supposedly, you know, it's the kickoff. If people start winning these awards, it's like, you know, people start to list awards they've won so it's been going on for like uh, 20 years i think but it's just not televised
1: wow strange do
2: you think they molest people after okay next i didn't get molested but i did make glenn close laugh at the bar and i'll never fucking forget it what'd you Um, say to her (laughs) i don't even remember something about red bull and vodka i don't even remember and she she, laughed but she went and like it was great i was so excited damn (laughs) it's
1: wild like even knowing like these are people this is a job they go on sets we know actors they're fucking out of their minds um or just normal (laughs) and i still cannot get enough like every morsel of just because everyone's like he had a mask on and a hat and a scarf and i was like i don't care and then he had a bodyguard i was like i don't care just to look in those little eyes okay big eyes i don't know uh tragedy is next week's episode we got tragedy a classic season five episode one watch it wherever you watch svu i'm sick of saying peacock i'm done
2: (laughs) you know where the show is um thanks for listening guys thanks for all your messages and emails we love them keep them coming and uh, we'll see you next week That's Messed Up is an exactly right production. If you have compliments you'd like to give us or episodes you'd like us to cover, shoot us an email at that's messed at gmail.com.
1: Follow the podcast on Instagram at That's Messed Up pod and on Twitter at messed pod. And follow us personally at Kara Clank and at
2: Glitter Cheese. As always, please see our show notes for sources and more information. Thank you so much to our producer, Annalise Nelson. And to our mixing engineer Ryo Baum. And to Henry Kaperski for our theme song. And to Carly Jean Andrews for our artwork. Thank you to our executive producers, Georgia Hardstark, Karen Kilgariff, Danielle Kramer, and everyone at Exactly Right Media.
1: Listen, subscribe, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dun-dun!